be safe to say uh, that all of us have had moments in our lives, right, that maybe we wish we could do over again. You know, we, we, we've all had moments where we say things like, man, if I only knew then what I know now, I mean, things would be different. You know, sometimes we find ourselves in the middle of moments. Sometimes we find ourselves in the middle of circumstances. And sometimes we wonder things like, you know, how in the world did, we, did I get here? Perhaps for you, it's a marriage situation. You know, this may be you today where you've got two people who have just slowly over time just began to drift apart. Or, or maybe you've drifted into a bad habit. Maybe it's a sinful thing. And, and you never meant to get there. But, but right now, I mean, it has just grabbed a hold of you. The past failures, the, the past attempts, the past defeats. I mean, they weigh us down with shame and regret. And they cause us to believe that things will never get any better. They cause us to believe things like that, that, that we're trapped and that, that maybe we're just not good enough for God's grace any longer. Maybe that, that, that God has moved on. I want you to know this morning that Jesus was the living embodiment of how God the Father feels about these moments. Jesus was the living embodiment of, of how God the Father felt about these circumstances. And in the Old Testament, God, he's, he's speaking to Israel, and here's what he says. He says, forget the former things. He says, do not dwell on the past. God says, see, I am doing a new thing, and now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? He says, I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Some of you may feel like maybe you're living in the wasteland right now. And God says, he says, look, I'm making a way in the wilderness. He says, I'm making streams. He says, I'm moving things. The Apostle Paul, he teaches in 2 Corinthians, he says this. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the Apostle Paul says, he is a new creation. The old has, what, passed away. And he says, behold, the new has come. In countless interactions with people throughout the Gospels, we learn that even though we can't start over, we can't redo history, but what we learn is that with Jesus, we can always start again. Now, if you've grown up in a, in a church where maybe you, you've grown up there, you know, you, maybe you were there when you were little, or maybe you've been in a church and you've, you've helped the small children's ministry, whether it's in the nursery or kids' ministry, you spent any time working there, you know, or maybe you're very familiar with a children's song about a little man, a wee little man. Anybody know that song, right? This wee little man who one day climbed up a sycamore tree. Why? Because he wanted to catch a glimpse of Jesus as Jesus was passing through town. Now, in all honesty, and, and probably as correct as that little Bible song is, it falls just a wee bit short of really capturing who this man really is and really capturing what his encounter with Jesus was all about. And so this morning, as we begin our new series, Start Again, which is all about people in the Bible who need a, a fresh start, what I want to do is I want to take a closer look at this man's life. Zacchaeus' life and, and, and this life-changing interaction, right? Because as we look at this, I believe that some of you here today, you're going to find yourself in this man's story. And if you don't find yourself in this man's story, chances are you know someone like him or someone who needs to hear this story today. Now, Zacchaeus was a desperate man. He was a desperate man with a terrible reputation who was searching for something to fill this huge empty void that he had in his life. He was a guy that needed a new beginning. He needed a chance to start again. And one day in his own hometown, 
quite possibly around his kitchen table, he has an encounter with Jesus that, that we see just changed his life forever. You say, well, who is this guy? Who is this Zacchaeus that we're talking about this morning? Well, Jesus and his disciples, they're on their way to Jerusalem. Jesus was heading to Jerusalem through Jericho. It's the very same Jericho that we, that we read about in the book of Joshua. And Jesus, as he's making his way through Jericho, he's going to Jerusalem. And as he goes to Jerusalem, he's going to face the cross. He's going to face death. In Luke chapter 19, verse 11, it says this, Then Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man named Zacchaeus, a chief tax collector, who was very wealthy. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but he could not see over the crowd because he was small in stature. And so he ran on ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him since Jesus was about to pass that way. When Jesus came to that place, he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, hurry down, for I must stay at your house today. And so Zacchaeus hurried down and welcomed him, welcomed Jesus joyfully. And he goes on to say, And all who saw this began to grumble, saying, He has gone to be the guest of a sinful man. Now, here's probably the most well-known fact that we all probably know about Zacchaeus, right? Is that he was short in stature. But what we may not know is that he was also financially wealthy. I mean, he had a bad reputation in Jericho. He was known around the town as being a greedy man, being a selfish man. I mean, the people of Jericho have even classified him as a sinner. And you say, well, how did he get that reputation? Well, the Bible tells us that he was a chief tax collector, which meant that, that, that Zacchaeus had a very powerful job. And back in that day, tax collectors, they were hated because what they did was they, they overtaxed their own people. Jewish people viewed tax collectors as traitors because they worked for the Romans, right? The Romans were, were these cruel occupiers of the Jewish territory during this time in history. And most of the Jewish people's taxes that they paid, they just went straight to Rome. They weren't used in their own community. And so because of his job, Zacchaeus would have been rejected and he would have been despised by his own people. And the powerful Romans would have basically just tolerated him. Because he was doing their bidding and they needed the money that he was collecting. And so here you are. If you're Zacchaeus, you're, you're hated by your own people, the Jews. You're tolerated by the Romans. But all of that has caused him now to have a bigger problem. See, because of his connection with the Romans, the Jewish people would have looked at him and would have seen him as being spiritually unclean. And so this was a big deal because what this meant was Zacchaeus would not be welcomed in the Jewish temple. He was not allowed to come to worship with the people. And so here's this guy who is hated by people. He's got no friends. He's only tolerated by the people that he worked for. And now he's not even welcomed in church. I want you to put yourself into Zacchaeus' shoes for just a moment this morning. Because quite possibly, maybe you are in a situation where your own size has caused you to be ridiculed, or maybe even pushed around for your whole life. Maybe you've been bullied. You know, maybe you've had to work harder than anyone else just to be able to prove yourself. Your job maybe has caused you to be hated and despised. Everywhere you turn, there's rejection. But here's the thing, you appear to have it all together. You know, maybe you've got the, you know, a powerful job or maybe you're wealthy or you seem to be in control of your life and you've definitely maybe got control over the lives of others. But honestly, when you look at it all, it's just a facade. Right? It's window dressing. It's what others see. But it's not reality because truth be told, you're lonely. 
You're isolated. There's an emptiness deep inside of your soul. You seem to have everything together except for what you really, really want, which is purpose and meaning. You know, you think, if if, if I could just have some purpose, if I could just have some meaning in life, then things would be better. If there was ever a guy who desperately needed a fresh start, if there was ever a guy who desperately needed a chance to start again, it may have been Zacchaeus. Because a guy like this, he doesn't just start running through a crowd to, to climb a tree in front of a bunch of people that know him. I mean, as bad as his life was, you need to understand, this guy still had a reputation to uphold. I mean, he was one of the most powerful people in town. He had that tough exterior that he had to maintain. He couldn't let other people see him sweat. It was too risky to do that. But none of that mattered at this point because, you see, his desire to find purpose and his desire to find meaning for life, what it did was it became greater for him than his reputation. It became greater for him than his pain. And instead of, inside of him was this this, this lonely man who was looking for more. He was a man who who was on a pursuit to create a new life for himself. I mean, Zacchaeus was a man who was spiritually lost. He was lost in his own sin, but, but, but get this, he heard about this man who was coming through town named Jesus. Stories about this Jesus, I mean, they're almost too good to be true. I mean, this was a man from what everyone was saying who could, who could actually raise people from the dead. He was a guy who could, who could heal people from things like leprosy. And actually cast demons out of people. He was a guy who when he spoke to the storms, they actually calmed themselves just by speaking words over them. And he didn't shy away from engaging the worst of sinners. And so what did Zacchaeus want from Jesus? All Zacchaeus wanted was to catch a glimpse of him. He just wanted to see him. And his curiosity and his desperation caused him to climb a sycamore tree because the Bible says that he was too short to see over top of the crowds. I mean, imagine what must have been going through Zacchaeus' mind at this moment. You know, maybe he's thinking to himself, could could, could this Jesus really be that long-awaited Messiah that our ancestors have been talking about for centuries? Can he really heal people from his illnesses? Can Can this man really perform miracles? Can this guy truly offer me a new beginning? Can this guy create a a new life for myself? I mean, I can't take back all of the things that I've done, but surely I can start again. Listen, we all know people like Zacchaeus. We all know people who appear to have life together. You know, they have wealth. They may have power. Maybe they've got some influence. or You know, they, they seem to be happy, but honestly, it's all just smoke and mirrors, right? It's the window dressing because inside they're just as lost as they could ever possibly be. What they desperately need is they need for someone to give them a word of hope. Right? They need them to, to give them a word of hope that they don't have to be stuck in their loneliness. They don't have to be trapped in, 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 their, in, their, in their helplessness or their lostness. They need to be told that, that, that grace and forgiveness is available to them because of the gospel. What's the gospel? The gospel is just very simply the good news that, that Jesus Christ came to earth. He lived a sinless life. He died on the cross for the sins of the world, your sins and mine. And when he went to the cross, he, he went to declare victory over sin and victory over death once and for all. And see, because of the truth of the gospel and the reality of that message, anyone who puts their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ and anyone who believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God can receive that grace. You know, they can receive the grace of God to start life all over again. They can be forgiven. They can be set free from their sinful past. They can be restored to new life and they can be given a new beginning. 
Now, here's the truth. Right? The truth is that we have been called, every single one of us in this room who knows Jesus Christ is our personal Savior, we have been called to be an ambassador of the message of the hope to people like Zacchaeus. Now see, here's what we need to remember as we engage the Zacchaeuses of this world. We need to remember that, listen, it's the Holy Spirit, really, that not only gives us the ability to share our faith, but it's also the Holy Spirit that convicts lost people of their sin and their need for a Savior. The Holy Spirit is always the one drawing people to Jesus, and he may have drawn you this morning to this place because he wants you to hear about the life-changing message of the gospel. John 6, says, No man can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up in the last day. You've heard me talk over and over again before that God has put inside of every single person a God-sized hole that can only be filled by Jesus. That's Ecclesiastes 3.11. Zacchaeus, he's, he's, a, he's a great example of a man who obviously tried to fill this giant hole with things like position and things like power and, and possessions. See, the religious world, he, he was probably a hopeless cause, but something was stirring inside of the life of Zacchaeus as the Holy Spirit was walking, or working in his life. Right? God placed inside of him this desire to, to seek out Jesus. He was moving in Zacchaeus' heart, and he was saying, listen, this is your chance, Zacchaeus, to rebuild your life. You may not even know what Jesus is all about, but this is your opportunity to start again. And Zacchaeus said, look, I'm not, I'm not sure exactly who this guy is that everyone is talking about. He says, but I've got to get a closer look at him. I've got to find out more about him. There's just something stirring in my heart that's drawing me to catch a glimpse of, of this Jesus. I mean, just imagine for a moment the scene. Jesus is walking through town. As he's walking, you know, people are just grabbing at him. You know, they're, they're crowding around him just trying to get his attention. They're touching his clothes. They're calling out his name. But what happens is Jesus stops with all of those people at the base of a sycamore tree. And he stops there for just a moment. And he looks up and he sees this little man just sitting up there on a branch. And out of all of the people in this crowd, Jesus says, Zacchaeus, come on down. I'm going to your house today. And I love what happens next. Verse 7 tells us that the people that saw this interaction between Zacchaeus and Jesus, and they watched Jesus go to Zacchaeus' house, that they became angry. They began to complain. Why? They said, what kind of man is this that actually hangs out with sinners? What kind of man is this that actually goes to the, to the house of sinners and he actually eats with them? I mean, think about this. Zacchaeus had to be blown away. I mean, imagine out of all of the people in the town... Jesus wants to hang out with, with me. Out of, all, out of everybody. I mean, he could go to any house that he wants to, but he wants to come to my house. What about all these angry, complaining people watching this whole interaction? See, they're struggling to understand Jesus. You know, but why, why Zacchaeus? You know, I mean, here, here's a guy, he's a swindler, right? I mean, this guy is, is greedy. He's, he's despised by society. I mean, nobody is inviting Zacchaeus to any dinner parties. Certainly not inviting him to any Sunday gatherings either. I mean, this guy's a sinner. Out of all the people in Jericho to hang out with, why would Jesus choose Zacchaeus? Well, if you remember, Zacchaeus is one of the wealthiest guys in town. And here's the hidden truth as to why Jesus chose Zacchaeus. I mean, it was a Sunday afternoon. 
And so Zacchaeus was the only guy in town that had NFL Direct TV, and Jesus wanted to check on his, his fantasy football scores. That's why he chose him, right? Now, here's the truth. The Holy Spirit was at work in Zacchaeus' desperate heart. Right? The Holy Spirit was drawing him to Jesus. And Zacchaeus was determined to get to him so much so that he was willing to risk his reputation and climb a tree in front of everyone just to see Jesus. And Jesus, who is God's own son, right? Jesus was God in the flesh, was actually well aware of what was happening in Zacchaeus' heart. Jesus knew his emotional and spiritual condition. This wasn't just some random meeting. This was a divine, God-given appointment. You see, Zacchaeus was determined to seek after Jesus regardless of what he had to do to get to him. And Jesus doesn't turn him away. He actually says, listen. He says, Zacchaeus, come on down. Let's go to your house. Let's have a meal together. A great verse in the Old Testament, God makes a promise to Israel. He says this. He says, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Some of you here today you're able to identify with Zacchaeus' story. You're desperately in need of a new start, to start again, but you feel inadequate to come to Jesus. Or, or maybe you feel fearful to come to Jesus. You're like, man, what if I come to Jesus and he turns me away? What if my sins are too great? What about my past? I mean, Rick, Rick you have not seen what's back there. You've not seen what's in my past. Or what about this bad reputation that I've earned? What if I've, what if I've crossed this line and God will not forgive me? Listen, Jesus specializes in people that feel inadequate. The Bible says he actually opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. You see, Jesus specializes in people that feel fearful. Jesus specializes in people that feel like failures. He specializes in those who feel like outcasts, those who feel lonely, those who have made a mess of their lives. Jesus specializes in people with bad reputations. Jesus specializes in sinners just like you and me. And some of you today, here's what you need. You need an encounter with Jesus. You need forgiveness. You need rescue. You need meaning and purpose in your life. You need salvation. Luke eleven nine 9 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. You need a fresh start this morning. Now look at how Zacchaeus responds to Jesus. Zacchaeus, man, he, he flies down from the tree. And the Bible says that he joyfully welcomes Jesus into his home. And then he says this, verse 8, But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, He said, Look, Lord, half of my possessions I give to the poor. He said, If I've cheated anyone... I'll repay it fourfold. You look at that and you say, man, what, what's going on in this story now? What's going on is, is the fact that the love and the grace of Jesus has caused this man to come to grips with the poverty of his own soul. This self-centered, lonely, greedy man has now come to the end of himself. He's seen himself for who he really is and it causes him to repent of his sin and, and what he does, he changes his mind about his sinfulness and he makes a decision to make things right with every person that he's either cheated or stolen from. Now the Old Testament law says that if you cheated someone or you stole something from someone, you not only had to pay them back, but what you had to do was you had to give 20% to it. You had to add that to it. But see, Zacchaeus was not only willing to give everything back that he had stolen from people, but he was actually willing to add like 300%. And look at Jesus' response to this, to his response to Zacchaeus in verse 9. He says, Jesus said to him, Today, salvation has come to this house because this man too 
is the son of Abraham. And for the first time in Zacchaeus' life, he understood what it meant to be forgiven. He understood what it meant to now be whole, to have a new life. Why? Because he had a personal encounter with Jesus. You see, Zacchaeus believed in his heart that, that Jesus was truly the very Son of God. He received that free gift of salvation into his life, and he placed all of his faith and all of his trust in Jesus. And because of that, his life was changed forever. He was a new man once and for all. Now, there's so much that we could, we, we could take away from this story. But what I want to do is this, this morning is I want to give you just a couple of things to grab before we go home. And first of all is this, is that if we're going to reach the Zacchaeuses of this world, here's what we need to do. We need to, we need to engage them personally. Right, when you look at this story, Jesus, Jesus didn't come into Jericho and invite Zacchaeus to a revival meeting. Or he didn't invite him to a tent meeting or even to church. And as good as that is, right? But, but Jesus walked through the streets. And while he was walking through the streets, he was, he was rubbing shoulders with real people. He held their children. He knelt down and got personally involved in the messiness of their lives. Here's the thing. If we're going to reach people who are far from God, we need to be willing to rub shoulders with those people. We need to be willing to get our hands a little dirty. We've got to be willing to get involved in the messiness. We have to be willing to engage them where we are. Jesus met Zacchaeus on his own home turf, and he engaged him personally. I mean, he literally went to where he lived. Over the last several years, I've been encouraging our staff and our elders and, 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 and all of you, I've been encouraging you guys to live a life on mission. Here's the honest truth about that. I understand that it can be overwhelming to do that. I can understand that it can be overwhelming to do what God has called you to do, to live on mission. It may even feel a lot of times that you're outside of your comfort zone. But here's what I know, and here's what you need to know this morning, is that we have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God walking through this with us. We need to understand that he'll be the one doing the heavy lifting of convicting people of their sin, of drawing people to Jesus. Here's the thing, we just need to make ourselves available to them. Listen, I love the fact that so many of you invite people to church. I mean, that's part of our strategy here to win the community to Christ. Keep doing that. You know, keep bringing your friends, keep bringing your relatives to Sunday morning services. But I want to encourage you this morning to get out of your comfort zone and to begin to engage the people that you know. Begin to engage the people that you're rubbing shoulders with in the places where you live, in the places where you work, in the places even where you play. Think about this example of Jesus that we find in the New Testament. First four books of the, the, the New Testament. They record 132 contacts that, that, that Jesus had with people. Six of them were in the temple, four of them in the synagogue, but 122 of them were just out in the life of, of, with, with people in the mainstream of life. See, Jesus didn't come here just to be a nice guy to show us how to live. Jesus had a very specific mission. In Luke 19, 10, at the very end of this story, Jesus says this. He says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus had a purpose for coming to earth. Jesus had a purpose for coming to Jericho on the day that he did. He had a purpose for walking down Zacchaeus' street, and he had a purpose for going to his house. Because, see, God was at work in this man's life in Jericho. 
This man, Zacchaeus, he needed hope. He needed a rescue. He needed a new life. He was seeking after something to fill this empty void in his life. And Jesus found him, and Jesus spent time with him, and Zacchaeus responded, and because of that, his life was changed forever. Jesus was passionate about lost people. The whole reason God came to earth in the form of a man was to seek and to save lost people like Zacchaeus and like you and like me. That was his passion. So the second thing that we need to take home today is this, and this is important, is that regardless of who you are, regardless of what you have done, Jesus offers you grace and forgiveness and an opportunity to start over again. You see, Jesus looked at this tax collector. And as he looked at, at, at this tax collector, he saw past this rough exterior. He saw past his insecurities. He saw past the wall that this man had put up in his life, this tough guy reputation. And what he did was he offered him grace and the opportunity to have a new life. And Zacchaeus received God's free gift of salvation. And he received the grace. And he received forgiveness. And children all over the world have been singing about this man ever since. That very same gift of God's salvation. That very same gift that Jesus offered to Zacchaeus is being offered to you this morning. Listen, you might be here today. And as you're sitting here, maybe you're or if you're watching on, uh, on our live stream, maybe you're feeling something in your heart that you haven't felt in years. Or maybe it's something that you've been feeling and yet today, <laughs> it's so strong. You see, that's the Holy Spirit of God. And he's convicting you this morning of your need for Jesus. He's convicting you this morning of your sin. Look, it's no mistake that you're here this morning because I believe that this is a divine appointment that God has brought you here for a reason and for a purpose. I want to ask all of you, if you would, just to stand quietly.